The best thing about this audiobook that we're about to cover today is that it shows us that faith and delusions aren't that far apart when you really think about it, Brittany. You know what also isn't that far apart? What? Tell me. An ice pick from your eyeball. Ow! Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. So the audiobook that we're going to do today is called The Incurables by John Bassoff, narrated by Richard Riemann, who supplied us with this audiobook. Thank you, Richard. Thanks. And the publisher was self-published, so it's John Bassoff. And the audiobook release date was June 7th, 2016. The duration is six hours and 57 minutes, so it's sort of short. And the genre is horror, crime, psychological. Messes with your brain. Mm -hmm. And so when Richard Riemann reached out, he gave us the option of going through his Audible list and he asked us to pick whatever one we thought sounded the best for us and what we enjoy. And of course, my eyes went on to the Incurables because I have the psych background and I just, I made you pick it and read it and listen to it. Yeah. And I have a fascination with murder. Yes. So, <laughs> so I'm it glad worked we, out. I'm glad we agreed on this one. Yes. For our summary, taken from Amazon, we have The year is 1953. Disgraced in the psychiatric hospital where he practiced for nearly 30 years, Dr. Walter Freeman has taken to traversing the country and proselyting about a very new kind of salvation, the transorbital lobotomy. With an ice pick and a hammer, Freeman promises to cure depression and catatonia, delusions and psychosis, with a procedure as simple and safe as curing toothache. I don't know what kind of toothaches this guy has had, but... God. Man. When he enters the backwater Oklahoma town of Burnwood, however, his own sanity will be tested. Around him swirls a degenerate and delusional cast of characters. A preacher who believes his son is the Messiah, a demented and violent young prostitute, and a trio of machete-wielding brothers, all weaved into a grotesque narrative that reveals how blind faith in anything can lead to destruction. That was a real good read. Shivers. Shivers. Shiver me timbers. timbers. Whoa. What? <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. let's kick off this audio book. Was it too enthusiastic? No, I liked it. Okay. First up, I want to say that Richard is a treat to listen to. Seriously, one of the best male narrators I have ever listened to. Yeah. He was really really good he was very clear he had a very clean voice there was no stuttering i didn't have to rewind to go back and hear what he had said oh my god i love it it was really really good his tone was just perfect for the story yes mm. and his voices the voices though Ooh. this is what makes a narrator an audiobook narrator separate from those other just narrators mm -hmm. okay i walk away from the audiobook with a favorite character not just because of the writing, but because of the voice. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And you are so deep right now. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Who do we praise to? Do we praise to the lobotomy or do we praise to the Messiah? I don't know. I praise to scent. Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that homegirl is my girl. So scent is the young prostitute and has Bradley's name written all over her. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love her. And I got real upset when he described her in the summary as demented and violent. I know, please. Please. I mean, the girl just murders some people. I like, mean, yes. She kills some people that you don't think you should kill. Maybe. Possibly. Sorta. I mean, and she's a prostitute. Who cares? I know. This is 1953. I mean, in 1953, I'd be taking estimates on me, on my body. Come at me, Popo. How much do you think you would get? Literally a whopping $60. $60 in 1953? You'd probably get like 60 cents. What? Is it 1953? You just call me dirty. 1953. Hold on. We're going to get a conversion. I feel like a prostitute with gonorrhea in 1953 is 66 cents. An inflation calculator, my dear sir. They didn't have this in 1953. They didn't have Google either, but that don't stop us. At least $100. Come on. $5.43. So you think I'm worth $5.43? I think you're wa- But that's if I sell myself today. I'm talking about in 53. So you're inflating yourself. Yes. Wait, no. Wait, I don't know. In 1953, $0.60 was worth the equivalent of what $5.43 would be today. So today you would get $5.43 for your body. Okay, I think I'm a little worth more. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love you to 70 cents. Eddie, how much would you pay me to sleep with Jill? (laughs) Give him a second answer. I think he walked out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to Scent. Scent was an angel. I love Scent. I really do. Even though she did some horrible stuff. She was a psycho. <laughs> she was an absolute psychotic person. And she was trying so hard to get Freeman to lobotomize her mom. And I wanted to be like, Freeman, <laughs> turn that ice pick on her. Yes. She needs a free brain. But the thing that fascinated me was Freeman was going to do it. Yeah. He was like, okay, sure, sure. But let me just assess the situation more. She was like, please lobotomize my mother because, you know, I want that money because she has a hidden treasure underneath the floors. Scent has no idea where this money is, if it exists. Mm -hmm. Just she knows that her mom in earlier times helped Scent's father hide some money. So there was Dr. Walter Freeman, who is actually based on a real life person. He's real. There was somebody really doing lobotomies across the country in 1953. So crazy. So this is technically like a kind of true story, but I think all the other characters were fake. I hope so. I hope so. Otherwise, there's some deranged, deranged and demented people. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, there is in the world, but I this is a whole town of them. Mm -hmm. And then there was Durango, who sent, you know, has a little crush crush on. Mm-hmm. Scent was smelling him a little bit. Exactly. She's, he's the only one that she didn't want to be paid for. Mm-hmm. She didn't charge him for her goodies. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Durango's father, Stanton, who thinks of Durango as this messiah. And then there are the hillbilly guys who are trying to get some revenge on a certain character. Yeah. And then there's also Edgar. And there's Edgar, who is basically the self-proclaimed, like, not self-proclaimed, but... Freeman proclaimed. Freeman proclaimed. Uncrazy success story of the lobotomy. He was a psycho killer. Mm-hmm. And he was in the psychiatric hospital. And then Freeman did a lobotomy on him at the beginning. And he just... Got very dull and Mm -hmm. fine being in this situation. He wasn't violent anymore. Yeah, and he didn't kill anybody for that day. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right? 
So Freeman was like, okay, it's been 12 hours since your lobotomy. Mm-hmm. Let's scoop you out of here, kind of kidnap you from the psychiatric hospital, and we'll go on the road with our with our circus. Mm-hmm. My goodness. And so they did. And then there was also Freeman's wife. Oh, God. Yeah, that crazy old bitty. But I felt so bad for her. In the beginning of the book, I did not like Walter Freeman. I was very disgusted with him because of the whole lobotomy thing. In my field, it's kind of like, really? You've been doing lobotomies? And he was also disgracing the idea of medication and Mm. therapy and he was like, I'm just going to stick a, a nail in you and you're going to be fixed. That's a good so, point. So in the beginning, I was just like, God, I know this is 1953, but I hate this Walter guy. But then when he went home to his wife, who was very upset with him for a reason that should, can we talk about that or? I think so. It's very, it's right in the beginning. Yeah. So in the beginning, we find out that Walter's son dies and Walter and his wife are dealing with the grief of his death. In two extremely different ways. Yes. So his wife is very upset, taking her anger out on Walter. And Walter is putting his life and his grief into his work. And I think that's the connection that he makes with Edgar. Yeah. A lot of the connection between him and Edgar is because he sees a lot of his son. The healed Edgar, though. Because Dr. Freeman thinks he healed Edgar. He thinks he is a god. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to mm-hmm. Durango and Stanton. Yes. Who literally thinks he is the Messiah. Yeah. And so it was an interesting juxtaposition between science and religion. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting how they kind of battled it together, but they all came to the same mm-hmm. delusions, yeah. basically. I of... love it. I love that concept. Yeah. And what a brilliant way to talk about mental health today. Yeah. To focus on exactly what are we missing from both sides of the story, religion versus science. Mm-hmm. Mm, powerful, 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 powerful. So how did you feel about the emotions in the book? I thought they were so there. Like I was crying. I cried in this book. Percent? Not percent. I was cheering percent. But... I was crying when, in the beginning, when Walter and his wife were having that debacle. I was like, oh my gosh, grief, grief. Just get together and heal. Yes. It was really sad. It was very sad, but I felt the emotion. I felt it in every character. The revenge with the hillbillies. I felt that hatred and that stupidity that they had. Felt it. It seriously felt like Mm. there was a a bunch of different narrators in the book. Yeah. I, f- I felt like there were three different brothers mm-hmm. all there for revenge. And it was incredible. It was amazing how you could hear the different emotions just pulsing through the book mm-hmm. completely. There was never any points where someone should have been crying and Richard's voice didn't convey that. His voice took care of everything. Mm-hmm. There was no unnecessary yelling because they're in the narrator's mind. There had to be yelling. It was just natural. Yeah. And it was just really good. And the yeah. motion was built up perfectly. How were the transitions for you? I, I They were definitely broken up into chapters. Mm-hmm. But I think what confused me was in the beginning when they started talking about Walter. And then all of a sudden they started talking about Durango and his, and his father. And before reading the synopsis, I was like, who is this? Like, did I just end Walter's story? Yeah. And I think that was the only part, the only transition that I was really confused about. Because for a while, I thought that Stanton was Freeman and mm-hmm. Durango was Edgar in like a new life. Because yeah. the, the book, 
It starts off with Freeman and then it goes to two years later. And then it starts with Durango and his father's story. So I thought that they had taken on these different personalities in mm-hmm. order to outrun whoever might be chasing down Edgar because mm-hmm. he, he was an escaped mental patient. Yeah. So and, and Walter was escaped as well because he just did something that was bad. <laughs> yeah, he not... just stole somebody. <laughs> and we're not also going to talk about the other thing that he did in the beginning that was bad. Yeah. Um, but he was on the run too. Mm-hmm. But what I get what you're saying is that could have easily been convoluted into this sense of new personalities. Yeah, that they're the same people. Or new identities. I'm sorry, new exactly. personalities. New yeah. identities. But that's not the case. No. And I think that was the only weak transition that was in the audiobook. Yeah. I just wish there was something, maybe that was on the edge of the writer. I wish that the writer maybe would have done person names. Or locations. Yeah, or the locations. Mm-hmm. And then at the at a certain point when they got to the same location, then it could have flowed more naturally because mm-hmm. it definitely did flow a lot more naturally once all the characters were brought together. Mm-hmm. And I love how they all connected. Yeah. All of the characters connected. And if you like audiobooks and stories where different characters that should not be connected connect in the end, oh, you're going to love this. So good. Really, really good. And also if, if you like dark audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Dark, vulgar violent demented just yeah but it was so deep in its message yeah i loved the message behind the book Mm -hmm. because it was so powerful yeah i was actually worried that you weren't going to like this when i because i was i think i was about a couple of hours ahead of you Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god i'm really worried that britney's not gonna like this because it was very vulgar and violent you think i don't like vulgarity no not not vulgar i meant like talking about you don't think I talk about, but <laughs> talking about like nail in the head violence, scary Viol- horrorness. Yeah. yeah. So and bloody, bloody goriness. I don't like those kinds of books, but this, I don't know how to describe it. It definitely like made me cringe at certain parts, mm-hmm. just like the descriptions of things. But it was really well done mm-hmm. in its delivery and in its writing, to where it wasn't mature. Yeah. It wasn't rated MA because of the disgustingness of it. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was still it was still teetering on that edge of PG and R. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. What did you think of Richard's interest in the story? I think he was completely invested in the story. Mm-hmm. That can be evidenced by his performance and just the quality that he took time developing these characters' voices. Yeah. I think yeah. his, he was so invested. I loved it. Yeah, I found myself intrigued about what was going to happen next because of his voice. Mm-hmm. He really kept me on the edge of my seat. I can't say that if I were reading this, I would have completed it like by myself. That's true. I don't think I would, and that answers one of our questions, is I don't think I would have read the book in yeah. itself. I, this audiobook was the answer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I think I would have been bored if I was just reading it. I think we would have gotten to a certain point and put the book down and just mm-hmm. stopped reading. Mm-hmm. I know at a certain point my stomach would have been like turning a little too much at some mm-hmm. of the things, even though it wasn't horrific. They were just just above Britney level. Yeah. And, and I think that's the difference between audiobooks and normal books is that when you're reading it, I think it stays with you longer in a way of you have to pick out the images for yourself and you have to illustrate it for yourself mm-hmm. but with an audiobook yeah you're still getting that same words to brain 
kind of message. But because of the performer, it's allowing you to get a different picture that the performer had as well. Yeah. And I think that's the best thing. That's why I love audiobooks so much is it's so much different than just reading a book. So do you think that six hours and 57 minutes was a short time or a long time for this book? Or was it just perfect? I think it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. It really got me into the story. Once I started, I couldn't stop. So I think both of us finished the yeah. book when we both were sitting down and listening to it. We finished it in about two days. Yeah, two days. Yep. I think it was a perfect time. Mm-hmm. So and how did you listen to this one? I listened to this one. I did not listen to it. If I was outdoors. Oh my gosh. I was. Oh my God. I got, I got a story, but continue. Oh God. I'm terrified of the dark. 27 years old. And I will admit that I am afraid of the dark even mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Whenever we went to the gym, I listened to a different book because I didn't want to listen to it at the gym because we are usually at the gym alone at two o'clock in the morning and there's nobody around. And that's kind of creepy to me. Mm-hmm. So listening to a book where people get ice picks in their eyes and a bunch of other things happen, couldn't do it. So I mainly listened to this when I was sitting on the couch, able to invest fully into it, fully into the science, since it was based on a real person. Mm-hmm. I was able to sit at my computer as well and Google Walter Freeman and figure out what happened to him and his lobotomizing days. past. Yeah, days. <laughs> yeah. So I listened to this going to work, of course, going to my mental health work. I felt like rejuvenated to go to work because I was what the lobotomy people were against, you know, doing what they're against. So that was very interesting. But a scary thing to me happened was I walk my dog at around 1130, 12 o'clock at night. I'm already creeped out around my house because there's a fox that tries to be friends with my Benny. And then there's also just like a house down the street where sometimes I hear a gun or (laughs) Um, or like backfire from a truck or something. We actually live in the backwater town of Oklahoma. <laughs> it's just transported to Maryland. Maryland. But yeah, that's exactly what, that's what we live in. Anyway, so I was out at night and it was dark. And then I was on the chapter where. Why would you listen to this when you're walking at night? <laughs> it was so creepy. How could you? And I was on the chapter where the hillbillies were trying to get revenge on a character and they were plotting and scheming and i live in a hillbilly kind of town so i was like oh my god and i felt like scent i was like i just need to take off some clothes and put up my thumb jump in a car and sell myself but anyway it was scary and i was like oh my god and then they got to this moment where pow 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 nail in the head nail in the head and i had to run and benny is like i haven't pooped So where should you listen to this since you knew for a fact that you weren't going to listen to it in the dark? If you are an adventurous person, Mm -hmm. you can listen to this in an abandoned house on the plot of an abandoned amusement park Mm -hmm. in an abandoned world. Damn. In Mad Max. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would just say maybe in the bathtub. You would say in the past, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really think this would be a good road trip book. So you're in the car, safe, acting like you're on the run. What happens when you come across them little towns Mm. that are creepy, that only have one gas station, and the the attendant doesn't let you touch the gas pump? And look abandoned. And looks abandoned. (laughs) Inside of my whole entire little world that I created for this Incurables book. Yes. I mean, that would make the story better. 
I mean, that's true. It's all about the atmosphere that you listen to it. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I did not want to be terrified and pee my pants. So I listened to it mm-hmm. at home in my safety, still in the dark. Yeah, and I like that warm feeling. Yeah, if you just want to, like, kind of teeter on the edge of fear, I think bathtub with the lights off and some candles. Ooh, romance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Terrifying romance. All right. So are you going to shelf this or shove this book? Totally going to shelf it. I'm going to shelf this. Yeah. And I'm ex- I actually, I'm excited to hear other works produced or yeah. written by John Bassoff and especially narrated by Richard Riemann. Yes. I'm excited to hear what other people think of this book after they give it a listen or a read. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to hearing their opinions because you recommended this book to a few people. So. Yeah. On Goodreads, I gave it a review, gave it a four stars out of five. But my boss, she saw it and she said, I want to read that. Yeah. So I felt like that was from me because, I mean, no one on my Goodreads was reading the Incurables. Right. So I felt like that was definitely from me. She saw it from me. And there you go, Richard and John. John. We are referring your book. Yes. All right. Well, that concludes our episode. So please go on our Facebook at Audio Shelf and like us and follow us on Twitter at Audio Shelf Me, and subscribe to us on iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. And if you would like to get The Incurables for free, a whole zero dollars. Oh my goodness. Plus another book of your choosing, you can head over to our website, audioshelf.me, click on the affiliate link at the bottom of our page, and sign up for a free trial of Audible. Mm-hmm. Get two free books. Wow. And it's amazing. Speaking of free, we also want to remind you that if we hit 150 likes on our Facebook, which we're at a 147 right now, you will be given a free book. That 150th person will be given a free book by us. Yep. So please go on that Facebook and press like. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to choose a book that we have reviewed in the past Mm -hmm. so that you can have your own little adventure and also listen to the podcast and our review. All right. Well, we're about to go get lobotomized. Yep, we're going to get our eyes punched. I say I lobotomize Eddie. Why would you lobotomize Eddie? Because he needs to shut the cabinet doors when he goes into the kitchen. That sounds like a valid reason. I mean, seriously, how hard is it to shut the doors, Eddie? Sorry. <laughs> Anybody you'd want to lobotomize? Um, Mama Cat. Bye. Bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. I wouldn't really lobotomize my cat. No, I wouldn't really lobotomize my boyfriend. (laughs)